right, Happy Hour in the Heartland here. Episode number two is coming to you live from the Red Dog Bar, a.k.a. Perry Miller's Basement in Wapton, North Dakota. Perry Miller, thank you for joining me today. Glad to be here, Tyler. Yes. The um, reason why I wanted to visit with you is uh, 2014 is when we met. I was running for the Public Service Commission statewide office here in North Dakota. And uh, this one, I came down here for a campaign, and, and I got to meet you. And since then, we've become friends. Uh, we've talked a lot of politics, talked about a lot of other things. But uh, Happy Hour in the Heartland, is, as you know, is really just a North Dakota Explains. Indy Explains is attempting to get out on the road and visit with average people across the state about politics in North Dakota and really just bringing that candid conversation that you and I have had about once a week at least, mm -hmm. uh, capturing it and uh, letting others know exactly how average people on the plains think about um, their view of the world, of the world and um, just kind of engage with us at one point. So, And getting to know you, I know that you've had quite an interesting background when it comes to being involved in the community. And I find it interesting because in 2014, you were running for the North Dakota Senate, and you were running as a North Dakota Democrat. Unfortunately, that year, um, we took another ass-kicking, <laughs> not, not as bad as we did uh, just here in 2016, but uh, you, you came up short in that election. However, it was basically one of your first election losses, and it was almost due to partisanship. So I wanted to actually just have you explain your background in how you got involved in politics uh, and what's changed? Well, the, the background goes back to when we were young kids and uh, growing up in a very politically active family. Uh, my great-grandfather, my mother's uh, paternal grandfather is named Charles Tulsted and was one of the founding members of the Nonpartisan League. And so I grew up in a, a family that was very proud of its heritage in the uh, North, Dakota, North Dakota Dem NPL party. And uh, so I think my interest in politics stems back literally to my childhood and being raised by people that, that took an active role in their community, that volunteered a lot, that showed up to help others when they needed help. That's really, I think, where a lot of people that are involved come from families that were involved. And certainly that doesn't have to be the case, but I think oftentimes is the case. Yeah, I know, like, for myself and my family, never was involved in politics. I got involved in a very indirect way, unexpectedly. So, you know, when people ask how or why, if my, my family was active, I didn't necessarily have that background. So it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of people share your your story and upbringing of just being a politically active family. So it's... Um, and I think oftentimes an event in one's life can can change their outlook. And you know my friend Jay Schuler, yeah, uh, the founder of Giant Snacks. Um, Jay grew up, and he wouldn't mind me saying this. He grew up in a in a pretty Republican family. Very good people. The Schuler family are are great people. But it was an event with then Senator Byron Dorgan, where his company was being really kind of picked on, for lack of a better term, by Major League Baseball, in particular the San Francisco Giants. They said that Giants is our name, and you can't use it, and we're going to sue you. And Jay said it literally could have, could have put his company out of business because he couldn't afford to take on a Major League Baseball team with the legal fees. It was then Senator Dorgan that stepped in and said, this is wrong, uh, went on the floor of the Senate and said, you know, Major League Baseball has enough of their own problems. They don't need to be picking on a small business and... My home, in a little town in North Dakota and, and, and went to bat for Jay 
And it was that event, I think, for Jay, and he wouldn't mind me saying this, that made Jay, I mean, he's not a Democrat. I don't think he would consider himself really Republican anymore, but Jay is a very open-minded, uh, the type of fella that I wish more people were like, because he really takes the time to educate himself, not only on the candidates, but the issues. And he would call himself, I think, a conservative independent, which I think is a pretty accurate description of Jay, but he's a very educated gentleman, someone I have a tremendous amount of respect for, and I'm just glad to call him a friend, but the point being that it was that event with Senator Dorgan that maybe made him look at the world a little differently when it came to politics, and uh, that happens to some people too. Other people go through their whole lives saying, no, I'll only vote for a Democrat, or I'll only vote for a Republican. And to me, that's unfortunate, regardless of either side. I've, I'm a Democrat, but I have voted for a lot of Republicans over the years. First president I ever voted for was President Reagan in 1980. And I don't say that with any shame. I didn't vote for him the second time because I thought the deficits got a little too high right. when he was in office. But I take no shame in saying that I vote for Republicans. I supported Governor Bergen this year. Well, I, you know. uh, yeah, and I do know that. Um, <clears throat> actually, probably had your fundraiser right down <laughs> near where we're standing or sitting. But, uh, and myself included, you know, I, I voted for Republicans while I've been on the ballot as a Democrat. Right. I don't think that, unfortunately, the general public has gotten that point anymore that let's base this on the individual versus party. And the reason I want to circle back to that is people now, unfortunately, have begun to vote, vote on party lines. You have been successful at uh, running for a county commission seat for the uh, city of Wapton. You're on the city commission. You've done other things. I think it was a township that you had talked of. All those are right. very nonpartisan. Um, right, right. And you were the top vote getter in all those around the area here. But it was all nonpartisan races. And now, in 2014, when you decided to run for the, the legislature, it was the first time that a party label was put on you. And, of course, it was... The party label of the Democrat. Technically, the, technically the second time I did run for the legislature back in, oh boy, it was before our daughter Abby was born, and uh, so that would have been probably ninety, uh, ninety-four. Carson, our middle son, was only about a year old, but I was really relatively unknown. Uh, it was a, there again. Ninety-four was obviously a very not a good year to be a Democrat. I ran with Cindy Borchert, a very popular, uh, very uh, moderate. She's a math. She was a math teacher here at the Lopin High School system, and we didn't do well. But again, it was a bad year to be a Democrat, and I was very young. But so, two two partisan races that I ran in. Okay. Nonpartisan races. I'm I'm batting a thousand. Uh, township supervisor, and granted, they're township supervisor. There's not a lot of votes there, but oftentimes they're contested but how, races. Yeah, but and then, then how much closer do you get to your actual elected official than in the township of North Dakota? Right, teams? and then three times on the county commission and now more recently on the Wapen City Council and had no problem winning them. And there was an interesting moment I had one day in a restaurant here in town where he's a fellow from town here, good guy, uh, a friend, uh, but a Republican. I know he's a Republican. And he came up and he said, well, I just want you to know I voted for you for city council today absentee because I can't be around on election day. And I said, well, I appreciate that. And I said, can I ask you, did you vote for me for the Senate? Oh, no. And But prior to that, he had even said, we need people like you on the city council, your common sense, your everything. But the second I put a D behind my name on a ballot, that same person, and, and there again, a good guy, right. someone I consider pretty intelligent, well-informed, 
would not vote for me because I had a D behind my name. And and I don't know why that is, Tyler. I don't know if he thought the other candidate was that much better than me. I get it. Because if you have two people, ideally you get to say, this one's better than that one, as opposed to this one isn't as bad as, you know, they're, they're both bad. And I think right. that's what we had in the last presidential race. And it's like, well, this to one's a lot bad, of people, but this yeah. one's even worse. Yeah. So I'll vote for the one that's least bad. You would hope that the gentleman that told me this that he didn't vote for me, he voted for me for city council, but wouldn't for a partisan race, thought that my opponent was that much better than me. I don't know if that was the case, but I didn't I didn't ask him. I should have. Well, and in my own experience of campaigning, I've now run uh, three campaigns, uh, two on the legislative level, one statewide. And the, both of the legislative races, as, as you know, is a lot of one-on-one -on -one conversations is going to someone's door, you're knocking on them, you're asking for your vote, you're telling them why you're running. Mm -hmm. And both of my legislative races, I would explain why I was running, what my priorities were, and I would have that individual on the other side of the door at their home agreeing damn near line by line on what my priorities match what they were. Then at the end of the conversation, they'll be like, well, what party are you running as? Like, what's, What banner are you running with? And I would tell them that I am a North Dakota Democrat. There were a few times, and more than I even care to admit, that the individual at the end of that conversation, after agreeing with everything about my priorities, would say, well, I can't vote for a Democrat, so I'm sorry, uh, I won't be voting for you. Just because of the goddamn label of being a Democrat. So I, I don't understand how we have gotten to that point. Why is it that just because that we have a Democrat label behind our name on the ballot box. They can agree with everything we say and everything that we intend to do with the job. It matches their values here in North Dakota, but they still vote against us because of the party. You know, I'm a lot older than you are, and I, I think part of that answer is, and I'm not laying blame, I'm just saying that the times change. And what has changed a lot over, and, and I would say, I'm gonna say 1990 was kind of the benchmark, because um, at the time, uh, Denise and I had just been married. I was uh, on the road as a traveling salesman, and I discovered. Were you selling shower curtain rings? Or? <laughs> you shower, yeah, shower curtain ring division. <laughs> Dale Griffin, <laughs> one of the best movies. I almost got thrown out of the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. A little side note here: my buddy Kerry Reiswig and I, who's from Bismarck, were laughing so hard. I thought they were going to probably come and say, "You guys need to just either shut up or get out of the movie." But yeah, to your reference of Del Griffin and planes, trains, and automobiles. But I remember driving on the road and discovering Rush Limbaugh on the airways. And an entertaining individual, to be sure, and a very bright individual is Rush Limbaugh. Now, I've come to, not a big fan, I don't even know if he's still on the airways, he probably is somewhere, but I think the Rush Limbaugh's of the world, the partisan nature of some news broadcasts, um, on both sides, but I would say, one yeah, is much I mean, more if successful. You, if you want, if you want, certainly a conservative event on the news, you watch Fox News. I have, I have business partners uh, in some of my uh, business ventures that that is the only source of news they'll listen to is Fox News. If they don't get it from Fox, it's it's nonsense. It's unfortunate that and now you have bloggers and now you have all these other uh, sources of news, and you, know, you hear the term fake news has kind of been the big thing. And for years, the only fake news we had was The Onion, which is obviously a parody newspaper. It's clearly satire. clearly satire. It's just blatantly funny and ridiculous. But now you have all these other news sources. And, and I think part of the issue, and I don't, I'm not saying there's a solution for it, because I don't, I don't know 
that there is a solution, but it's not driven anymore by uh, the Walter Cronkites or the David Brinkleys or the Chet Huntleys, then probably names you don't recognize, but the older audience will, and that's the people I Thanks grew up with. Thanks for the vote of confidence. There was, <laughs> there, was, there was only three networks. Howard K. Smith was another one. And you turned them on, and whatever they said, you took it as this is actual news. This is fact or extremely close to fact or a very real interpretation of the reporters uh, of what they've seen. Well, now you have, I'll give you an example. I'm watching the inauguration and I had Fox News on because I'm very much a bouncer in my news. I'll go to CNN, I'll go to Fox, I'll go to MSN, I'll go to NBC. And here was Lou Dobbs on Fox saying, well, thank God we finally have a president that respects the flag because he was standing there saluting. And then he was going on and on about how clean the president, President Trump's salute was and and how it's so nice that we can finally once again practice religion how we want to. And I thought, you know, Lou, give me a list of people that have been denied over the last eight years their right or their ability to practice their religion however they want. So, in other words, Lou Dobbs is just plain full of crap. He was just, he was saying things that were based in nothing more than than that he hated President Obama. So to say things like, well, finally we have a president that we can we can practice religion. Donald Trump hadn't had only been sworn in an hour before. Nothing had changed. But yet here you have a once, in my opinion, respected newsman saying things of that nature. And, and you have people watching that, eating it up. And by the same token, you can turn on MSNBC and they'll say snarky things about now President Trump or mm-hmm. whatever Republican it is that they're mad at that day. But one thing that bothers me is that the, and part of this came with the 24-hour news cycle. Absolutely. And, and it's driven by ratings. It's no longer Walter Cronkite coming on for a half an hour once or twice a day to say, this is the news today, this is what happened, these are the big events. And here's why you should care. Yeah, but now it's driven by, okay, we want... We're a, we're a business. We want to make money, and there's nothing against that. That's capitalism. But the lines have gotten awful fuzzy between information and what what can we do to this piece of news to make it more interesting, to appeal to a certain segment of the, of the population where they will want to tune in and they will, like a thirsty person, want more of this water that we have to offer, and we're going to call it news, and we're going to fluff it up, and we're going to sensationalize it, and we're going to say things. That's not news anymore. And so it makes it more difficult for the average working person that's busting their butt, you know, 10 hours, 12 hours a day, working two jobs, they've got kids at home. They depend on their news sources to educate them because they don't have time to sit down and digest all these things that are out there. And and another aspect of society that we have now is social media. And, And I have never been more ashamed of some people and just downright disappointed in the behavior that I saw on Facebook. I'm not on Twitter or any of those. I'm on Facebook. And I always thought Facebook was, you know, hey, our son got married, our daughter graduated. It was this kind of, you know, nice. And now, I mean, I saw Hillary Clinton called the C word on Facebook. I saw pictures of President Obama holding a monkey saying, oh, yeah, the family's back together. Absolutely just 
grossly disrespectful things said about something. And I remember, and, and, the, and then the emails that I would receive that were so offensive. Right. And, and I remember receiving, and so people don't think I'm just, you know, only def defending President Obama, who I only voted for once. I remember getting a, an email one time that was making fun of President W. Bush, Bush. saying that he, he uh, it was a story where I think his dad, Bush 41, had gone to President Reagan and was trying to get him a job, and it was an alleged entry, journal entry in Reagan's journal saying, uh, you know, Bush brought his son here today and he was a big doofus and he, this guy couldn't find his way out of a paper bag. And so I did a quick search and found out it to be false. And I replied to these people and I said, this is not true. Well, I wasn't a George W. Bush supporter, but lying about him is just wrong. I think the Bible talks about that, <laughs> Eighth Commandment. And so the point is that if you're going to lie about somebody, even if I don't agree with you, I'm not going to let that go. I'm going to defend you and say that is wrong. Because a lie is a lie. It's not an alternative fact. It is a lie. <laughs> alternative facts. <clears throat> it's, it, talk about alternative facts. There again, it's, it's disappointing that that's even a term that we have to deal with. A fact is a fact. That, that's, that, that's one thing that I, I love. As you know, I, I worked for uh, Senator Byron Dorgan until he retired uh, in 2010. And one of the things that he would always repeat is that you know, facts are nonpartisan. You you know you right. can ha you can have your own opinions, but you cannot have your own facts. And now we've gotten in this whole spiral of what you've talked about the uh, the the lies about one individual, whether it was Bush, Obama, Clinton, Trump, and it's almost like I see it playing out on on my social media feed and on news. It's well. You, you know, you guys did it, so I don't want to hear you bitch about us when we're doing it. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. How do we break that cycle? And I, I don't have an answer for it. I think one one thing, and this was this was Denise, my wife, had said this one time. Uh, she said, why can't we just not put the letters on candidates' names on the ballot? And I think that was actually proposed in South Dakota. It was. I'm sure that it was shot down. It, yeah, I because think it was South Dakota is like North Dakota. They're, it's probably more of a Republican state than North Dakota. But that's a really good point because it would force people to do their homework. Maybe there's a, a one-paragraph bio in the ballot where if they don't know who Tyler Axness is or they don't know who Al Carlson is, it's like, well, here's a little something about it. And at least have some rudimentary understanding of who this person is as opposed to where are all the Democrats or where are all the Republicans because that's just how I'm going to vote. Mm -hmm. and, yep. and I think that's a kind of a simple thing that could be done, but realistically it would never happen. Well, there's that, um, because I have heard from people even in our own party that, well, you know, they, they almost wear it as a badge of honor that they haven't voted for a Republican in X amount of years. And as I said, I mean, I voted for for a Republican in just this last cycle mm -hmm. um, while I was on the ballot. And, of course, then the red wave hit, and um, it wouldn't have mattered. But anyway, you have the nonpartisan races and changing things to not Because we always hear the general public say can't everybody just get along, work bipartisanly, and yeah, that's, but then I, I don't have, want to say it's wishful yeah. thinking, but then they, they vote for one party anyway. But then, yeah, then the same person that will say that will tell you, oh, I can't vote for a Democrat. Yeah. Oh, you're, and I've had the same thing when I've knocked on doors, oh, you're a Democrat, good deal, I'll vote for you. Yeah, uh, yep, yeah, like, oh, you already got our votes, um, yeah. Um, but, so, you, you have the partisan issue, but I know in your race, uh, bringing it back to 2014, mm -hmm. when you ran for the Senate, right. uh, not only was it 
with that you're a Democrat running, and people didn't want to vote for a Democrat, but it was also because of gerrymandering of the district. Oh, yeah. And that's another big <laughs> issue that I think we're all up against. Funny you bring that up. So, District 25, for people familiar with their North Dakota geography, for simple terms, was the east half of Richland County, which sits right down in the southeast corner of North Dakota, next to South Dakota, next to Minnesota, Cass County to the north. And, like, where Morton and Hankinson, those are kind of the western edge of, of District 25. So what was done in before my race was they carved out Colfax Township, which is a double township. There's a lot of double townships in North Dakota, especially when you get off to this side of the state where the, the river is. And we had a prominent Democrat there who they didn't want to run, so they stuck him out in Jim Dotsonrod's district to the west, Nathan Bursa. Well then, oh, well, either short of population. Let's put Kindred and... Hickson, Bakke, and Oxbow, heavy Republican areas into District 25. So for the first time ever, Cass County was a part of District 25 in Richland County. So what happened after that race was basically I won the old District 25. And so it was in the, the paper. So here were the Richland County tabulations where I had won by 200 votes. So for three weeks after the election, I was being congratulated on winning. But in reality, I lost by about 170 votes because of, to your point, they brought in these Republican districts, in essence putting their thumb on the scale, saying it was for population, which really wasn't the case at all. They could have done it much easier, kept all of District 25 in Richland County, but they, to their credit, they achieved their objective. They tilted District 25 it, to the... And, the, and there's no denying that it was their intention to set up the map in a way that benefits them. And I say that oh, from, pers yeah, from personal experience. Yeah, yeah. And, and I heard them say that. I was actually at a, uh, uh, a Republican district meeting because, um, as you know, Doug Burgum is a friend of mine and, and I supported Doug. And so I went to this meeting and they said, oh, yeah, we got to make sure because, you know, we all know what the north end of the district did up there in that Cass County deal, you know, wink, right. wink. They knew what they were doing. Sure, they did. Well, absolutely. I mean, and I'm sure the Democrats have done it in Washington. I've seen some of these these districts, these congressional districts, yeah. that are just obscene. They're absolutely ridiculous. They'll come almost to uh, a, they're a half mile wide in points, and then they'll get really huge. Yep. And they, it, well, it's and shameful. Th that this it's is done. not a it's not a partisan thing. No, it's, I mean here here where it's easy to point the finger at the Republicans because right. of who controls the state and who has right. now for 20 years. They don't want you know, blame for all the other negative things right. going on, but uh, we'll get to that at a different time. But uh, you look at my district that I represented for four years, District 16, and uh, where the, the border of Fargo and West Fargo meet, and it's, it looks like they took big Tetris pieces and put it right <laughs> on the border. It makes no sense whatsoever. Right. You can go and say, oh, okay, that's because this group lives here, and oh, you didn't want that population in your district. But I know that when they drew that map to redistrict and reapportion, Al Carlson, the House Majority Leader, said this is going to be a Republican district for the next 10 years. Right. 10 years being that's when they're going to draw the map again. Mm -hmm. And I remember being damn proud and happy that we proved them wrong, that even though you tried to stack uh, the weight, as you will, against us, that we were able to pick up two of those three seats. Now, of course, four years later, we got swept in the, the red wave of the huge coattails that nobody saw coming from Donald Trump. But, so we have the, the partisan ballots, of which I don't know how we overcome in North Dakota as a minority, uh, being in the Democrats. So you have that, then you have the gerrymandering, and I know that we can have more of an immediate impact 
if we were to somehow get that into an independent commission of being it's not a partisan thing of drawing up the map yep uh, i don't know that we're ever going to get there i know what is it arizona i think did eventually pass something along those lines and it held up constitutionally but well, we're a long ways away from that i think here in the state and i would support that on congressional levels on state levels that it's just a, a straight independent commission literally bring people in from outside the state i mean you don't it doesn't take a rocket scientist when you can you know label every township every town you know you you know where the boundaries are you know where the people live and in this day and age we know that so i know there's a district out in western north dakota that goes all the way down to the south dakota line and then swings up i think it's almost a minor yeah. it's a massive district and i get it that there's not a lot of people there but it seems to me there's a lot much simpler way where that entire district could at least be south of interstate 94. Yeah, you know, <laughs> common sense doesn't always prevail. Logic doesn't always prevail in, in this because of the gamesmanship of where winning. people live. Yeah, sure. Uh, and then just of winning political battles, and that's what it seems like it's come down to now is right. getting the next notch on your victory. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how many notches the Republicans in this state keep gathering after over the 20 years. You just see them keep building right. on and. and um, and, 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 and I know that Democrats do that in, in blue states as well. Right. And I'm saying in those blue states, the same rules should apply. Yeah. It's an independent commission. But there, there's an easy solution for it. It's just, I'll just call myself a Republican. I was accused of being a Republican many times when I was on the county commission. You were labeled as a conservative, and not that that's a negative thing. I know that's right. what people no, value. I've people. always considered myself to be very much a fiscal conservative. When we'd have departments coming in, wanting to spend money on this and spend money on that. And I was the only one in our county commission every year that said, and I'm not angry at prisoners or anything, but I said, do the prisoners really need all the cable TV channels? I mean, I think we can just give them basic TV and that's probably good enough. And every year I lost that argument, Tyler. Every year, the day after Thanksgiving, we would vote whether to give the employees off with pay. Every year for 12 years, Tyler, I argued against that. And I said, this is wrong. I said, first of all, we're basically creating another holiday. If everybody's going to get the day off. But what about the dispatchers? What about the sheriff's deputies? What about the snowplow operators that have to work that day? Are you going to pay them time and a half if everybody else is getting the day off with pay? I said, this just doesn't feel right. So every year I argued against doing that. It wasn't because we didn't have, we had great employees with the county. But... Is that a concert? Was my position on that conservative or liberal? I would argue it's probably pretty conservative, not only fiscally but socially. But put a D behind your name, and oh, you goddamn liberal! You know, you liberal. And there again, what is liberal and conservative? You can call me whatever you want, but have justification for calling me a conservative or a liberal or whatever. Yeah, not just based on whatever party. Well, you're a Democrat. You're a damn liberal. Yeah. And it's like, well, would you like to explain yourself? And, well, I can watch TV, you know. I, I see Fox it. News calls you a liberal, you know. You're a Democrat, so you're, exactly. uh, you're a California liberal. And that's um, part of what I'm hoping that through ND Explains is getting back to, you know, just because we associate with a Democrat in a red state doesn't align us with the Nancy Pelosi's or... Oh, exactly. You know, those... Yeah. The, the, the very people that they use locally against us, you know, I mean... We saw it just in this past campaign, not so in my district, because to tell you the truth, the Republicans didn't even put money into my district because they didn't even like the candidate running against me. But right. this year it did not matter. 
Um, but you see, Colin other, Peterson almost lost this year, and that guy didn't even hardly campaign against right. him. Yeah. Is but you know here locally, we saw the Republicans with Odney advertising. Uh, they would go out and they'd have these very generic, broad message pieces that this is the party of Nancy Pelosi. Uh, Bernie Sanders or, or whoever else that they were right. trying to, to label as the enemy that day. And mm-hmm. then they would have a picture of our local legislator to it. Right. You know, and it's complete bullshit. I mean, I, I'm i not a big fan of Nancy Pelosi. No. But it's easy for local politicians who have been out in Bismarck for 20 years to just simply pay an ad agency that gets millions of dollars from state government and then just run all these false advertisements. Right. And guess what? It's been working. And they just cycle through, and they just keep building onto the machine yep. of which they've built over the 20 years. And there's, we've been ineffective in stopping that. And I don't know, with all the baggage, and that's what I'll call the baggage from the National Democratic Party, of hoisting up Nancy Pelosi as their poster child. Mm-hmm. I don't know what we're going to do as a red state that, you know, we can't change policy if we're not at the table and the, the people don't vote us in because they're so angry yeah, it's what they're seeing on Fox News. Right. And, and, and I think some of that is people hate negative advertising. If you talk to the Joe citizen or Jane citizen, they will say they hate all the negative advertising. But you know why people negative advertise? Because it works. Of course. It works. Hands down, it works. You, you take, like you said, Nancy Pelosi, who's very unpopular, and you just paint all Democrats and say, yeah, look what these guys are trying to do. This is these crazy liberals. And it works. Well, yeah, it, and it clearly has worked for a, a number of years here. Um, and on with the, the notion of, quote, being a liberal means that you're, you, they think that, ah, uh, government's going to solve everything. That right. We're going to build on government. And I know that your track record is pretty much absolutely talked about when you're on the, the commission. But here, even now that you're on the city commission of Wapiton, mm-hmm. I know that, what, you have like eight City eight, commissioners or something? Eight, eight council members plus the council. mayor. So we have a nine-member, and the mayor votes in, in the event of a tie. And I know in our, our passing conversations when I've asked about how things are going down here, um, you had talked about trying to reduce. I mean, geez, in Fargo, where I live, I think we've got, you know, five commissioners. And, and they're elected at large. And they're elected at large. And that's a town of 100 50,000 right. people and what WAP is 8,000? Yeah, just under 8,000. And we have four wards and that's where uh, you know, in a town like Minneapolis, you probably need wards or precincts or, or districts call it what you will. But I think the public is best served when they're elected at large. Especially in a community the size of Wapitan. Um I, I think you could take any city in North Dakota and I don't Maybe Fargo, you could argue for districts or wards, but I don't. I just don't think they're necessary because if you have three really good candidates in one ward or one precinct, only one of them is going to win. And then you go to another across town, and you have a really weak candidate running unopposed or two weak candidates running against them. You're going to end up with one of those. Whereas if they're all running at large, you are going to get the absolute best candidates. And I know there are people that would argue it me on that but I was interesting recently I was telling a a friend of mine in church and uh, he said well I don't know about eliminating those wards I'm not so sure about that and I said "Uh, Bob who's your ward councilman well aren't you I said no I'm at large oh well I thought you were so (laughs) right wasn't so sure he wanted to get rid of the ward system had no idea who his 
council member was, but Wapitan's a small enough town, as most in North Dakota are, that what's good for the south side of town is good for the west side of town and the north side of town. We, we're all in this together, and nobody's going to look out for this part of town at the expense of another part of the city. It's, it's ridiculous that someone would, would think that or even do that. So I'm very much about, you know, government. I, I you know, Ideally, my mom used to always say, and you met my mother, she's 88 years old. And, Wonderful woman, yeah, great chili. <laughs> lived up to the hype tonight, that is for sure. It's pretty funny, Grandma Miller. But my mom used to always say, the most efficient form of government is a benevolent dictatorship. The problem is, the dictator never stays very benevolent. They get, it, it, it's really true. One person, you have an issue, this is what we're going to do, boom, done. Now, the flip side of that is the most probably inefficient form is a, a council of 500 people. I mean, look at Congress, how they fight. And I remember President Reagan talking about that. He goes, it's kind of tough to get anything done when I have a committee of 535 to get this through or whatever the number was back then. But every governmental entity, there is that sweet spot. Just like when you hit a home run, you catch it just in that right spot of the bat. So I, the, the trick with government is to find that sweet spot of what the size is. Personally, in Wapiton, I think nine people is way too many. I would agree. I think five would be a really good number. Four council members elected at large, plus the mayor elected at large, and the mayor votes. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's that's what government should be is it's about the right sizing government. No, I could maybe argue that maybe Fargo should have two more council members. I, that's yeah. a big town. Maybe they should have seven. Yeah, I don't dispute that at all. I mean, it's growing, you know, so rapidly. Right. And I mean, the lines between Fargo and West Fargo are pretty much getting blurred. I know I represented it for right. for four years, and thankfully, because back in the day, it wasn't so much that way. It was right. really butting heads, and, and I agree. I mean, especially in that southwest corner and southeast corner where they're developing, and that's, mm -hmm. we won't get into the, the, the southeast, far south uh, development for reasons, but the, the, I don't... It seems like it's really gotten focused on downtown, but it's. I think that Fargo needs to maybe add one or two, not because of oh God, here's a Democrat talk about expanding government. Right. It just seems like five people isn't quite representing the entire population, uh, and you actually you know show the complete opposite side as a Democrat trying to minimize how many people are on a commission here in a smaller town. Yeah. Does that make me a liberal or a conservative? I don't know. I guess the voters would have to decide. Right. <laughs> So, yeah. um, there again, the, the labels get thrown around all the time, but people really, in, in order to educate themselves, need to make a little bit of an effort to realize who they're voting for. And don't just vote for me or the other guy just because, oh, he seems like a good guy. You know, he bought me a beer one time. That's nice that someone bought you a beer, but that's probably no reason to vote for me or anybody else. But know really what you're voting for. And, and that's easier said than done sometimes because, like I said, people work so hard they put in so many hours and where is that source of information where they can really find out about you know you or me or whoever it is right well and yeah I, you have to find a news source that you trust and hopefully that you understand is credible and is not out to make one person or one side or one issue look bad very much agree with that and yeah i get it people are busy we're all busy but the fact of the matter is, is it's part of your duty as a citizen to inform really yourself. Is. Right. But like you say, the, the lines get so blurred as to what is actual news source, what is opinion. They I don't hide the fact that I'm not a journalist. I, If you go to ND Explains, if you listen to me on Happy Hour in the Heartland, like we're, our conversation right now, I'm not you know, just presenting just the facts and saying, you know, you, you decide. I, I'm telling you 
some things that I think are important that you think or that I think you should be following through my worldview and granted through my my experiences and, and my time out in Bismarck running campaigns you know I I have a worldview that is center left and um, so but I, I'm up front with that and what I'm afraid is that there's a lot of news sources out there or things that present news that they you know it's they don't disclose that look uh, I'm coming at this through my worldview and I think that would help more if, if places just were up front with that I agree I, I, I agree 100% that there again I where does a person go I mean if someone is an ultra conservative it's pretty safe they're only going to watch Fox and if they turn up turn on some other source they're going to make fun of it now you had excuse me President Trump attacking CNN in his first press conference calling them fake news and getting into it and I heard Fox News Neil Cavuto on Fox saying well how does it feel CNN you know and we got picked on all the time by President Obama and President Obama had said you know if I watched Fox News I wouldn't vote for me either and he was simply saying I think the difference is and I'm not defending one over the other but President Obama never disrespected Fox News in a press conference and I was a little disappointed that President Trump would do that to I mean he could have said look CNN I'm a little sick of you and, and done it a little better but I guess part of what I'm saying is I hope President Trump develops a little thicker skin maybe um, I think he's he gets drawn into and I realize I'm diverting off topic here a little bit but and this he, is we're yeah. just conversing over and, beer and, and we're drinking beer in my basement yeah but it's a lovely uh, basement. It's yeah, actually like you. probably the nicest bar in Milwaukee. I like my, no bi- my Bison Neon sign. And yeah. just so you know, if and, and I love Sioux hockey. And we were supposed to be there last week, but I really got cold and I missed the game. But I would love to get one of those Sioux logo neon signs if I could find one. And I've seen them. Well, maybe a listener can hook you up. That I know that would be that would be great. That would be great. Yeah, I'm gonna let the whole Sioux logo and Sioux (laughs) hockey. uh, And for for your understanding, it's no longer uh, Sioux. It is. Yeah. See, I'm kind of an old. I'm kind of an old schooler. I. uh, I, To me, they're still the Sioux. I went to. I went to graduate NDSU in '83. So yeah. Not to date yourself or anything. No, no, no. I was seven when I graduated from college. Yeah, right. <laughs> Child prodigy. Yes. Not so much. Yes, yeah, no. no. <laughs> if, if you know Perry Miller, you know that that is yeah, an alternative my, fact. My motto is don't let classes get in the way of college. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. But, uh, uh, you know, Perry, I want to thank you for the years of friendship, the hospitality. You guys have really, you know, just taken me under your wing. I'm old enough to be, I think, probably one of your sons. Oh, yes. Cortland is 25. Uh, and you're not much older than the other. Thirty. Denise yeah. and I didn't get married until we were almost thirty, and uh, yeah. So I think she had Cortland when she was. Well, I'm not going to say that because someone might do the math. Yeah. And figure out how old she is, and then I'll be in trouble. Well, she looks a lot younger than I. Do. She certainly does. <clears throat> yes, she, she does. I hear that every day. <laughs> wow. Um, but I, you know, I thank you for years of friendship, for allowing me to come down and drink some of your beer, visit, capture it, put it on on our podcast up here on the Heartland so people can hear more about people like Perry because I think there's a lot of people like you across the entire state that find themselves in the middle of the political spectrum. They, they've chosen a party, you know, but like you said, you you voted for both parties. I voted for both parties. Right. And if we can just capture that audience, we're going to be able to progress public policy and, and get everybody hopefully working together again that's not just a partisan bickering bullshit that we see in 
uh, in Washington and and here locally in the state of North Dakota. And it seems to get worse. I mean, you heard people complaining about Obama and his executive orders, and what do we see President Trump doing now? Yeah. But executive orders, and it's all it's all relative. If he's signing an executive order that I like, well, that's a good thing. But if he's signing an executive order I don't like, then he's just a big bully, yeah. and it works both ways. And people just need to kind of chill out, do a little homework. And unfortunately, like I said earlier, the days of Walter Cronkite are over and you need to kind of filter your news and try to become informed and talk to people. And what I really, people will say sometimes, well, you're a Democrat, what do you watch Fox News for? I said, I watch them all because I want a balance of information. Um, I, I want to hear what the left has to say. I want to hear what the right has to say. And I want to kind of hear what everybody has to say. And I enjoyed visiting with my ultra-conservative friends and my ultra-liberal friends. And I, I have way more conservative friends than I do. Well, that's just ones. being part of I don't of really know many ultra-liberals. The yeah, there just yeah. aren't many of us, no. many, or many of them out there. There's more people like us that are in the middle, I think. Yeah. But unfortunately, there's no middle lane on the road. You're either in the left lane or the right lane. And, you know, sometimes you kind of wonder if there isn't room for a third party. Yeah, and you guys hear talk about that, but it probably realistically would never happen. No, no. you have the Libertarian Party. Yes, they probably are somewhere in there. Well, they, I mean, they've gained traction here here locally, but uh, you know, I have my my thoughts on the Libertarian Party and how right. they've taken kind of pieces from both sides of which they like, which at times I think contradicts mm -hmm. each other. But uh, in our closing here, I think you you nailed it, and you got to have the conversations. Not only with people you agree with, but people that you might disagree with. And that's what we're going to be doing here. And civilly. And Civil, not yeah. get pissed off and start right. you know, getting mad and, and stomping out of the room. Right. It, it, it never hurt anybody it, to listen to a, an opinion contrary to their and So, their yeah, and that's what we're going to do here on Happy Hour on the Heartland. We're going to be taught, bringing this show to the small towns where people are going to agree, people are going to disagree. It might make you uncomfortable at times, but not in the disrespectful way. And to kind of come full circle with how we started, I think you said the first Republican or the first president you voted for was Ronald Reagan. Right. You have him and Temple Neal that didn't agree. They weren't from the same party, but yeah. at the end of the day, they'd get together over a beer, and then they would they just talk. And I think they genuinely had respect for one another. And I bet if you could have asked President Reagan and Temple Neal, at the end of the day, they genuinely liked each other. Yeah. They and didn't. They didn't. They didn't have this vitriol and this hatred and this yeah. just it just this nastiness that's come out there, and it's really, really sad because we're a better country than that. We are, and, and I hope that we we get there electorally. And I think, and I hope I, I don't want to say I think, but I hope that through this podcast, through Andy explains, through conversations with you, through conversations with your conservative friends, that uh, that we come together, we we just enjoy each other's company, and we respect each other and. You, you talk about the left lane, the right lane. The, the road ends at the same point. Yeah. So, you know, we got to get there together. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping that we can get there. But I want to thank you for the time today here in uh, the Red Dog Bar that is a.k.a. By the way, Kip Christensen named it that. Do you know Kip? I, I'm not familiar he, with yeah. Kip. No. Kip. Kip is uh, married to Lori Yegi, their neighbors are. But Kip runs Econo Wine and Spirits in town. So a good guy to know. Hey, well, and there's a free plug for him here right now on Happy <laughs> on the Harlan. Kip, you got yours. I won't charge you. All ads are free here on uh, ND Explains. But Perry Miller, ladies and gentlemen, he was my guest here on episode number two of Happy Hour on the Heartland. 
Uh, until we see you next time, uh, let's say cheers.